be willing to run career experiments. What is more painful? Going on a series of dates that kind of suck versus meeting your spouse at the altar, realizing they're really not even your type. Welcome to the Early Career Moves podcast, the show that highlights remarkable BIPOC young professionals killing it on their career journeys. I'm your host, Priscilla Esquivel-Bolcha, Latinx career coach, corporate consultant, daughter of immigrants, and lover of breakfast tacos. Meet me for a coffee chat every Friday as we either dive into a special guest story or I'll share my own career gems. If you're a BIPOC professional feeling lost in your career or just need a dose of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Early Career Moves podcast. We're at episode 56, and today we're continuing the career exploration solo series that I started on episode 46. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, definitely recommend that you do those first. Episode 46, 49, and 52 are the first three in that series. And now we're moving ahead to talk about two really important things to continue to move along the design thinking process. And that is the career portfolio and prototyping. As I mentioned on episode 46, I like to use a design thinking approach to career exploration, to figuring out what is your next career move. And so this is the part of the process where we start to move from thinking and reflecting and looking inward to starting to look a little outward and starting to actually take action and do things so that you can learn and get data that can help you decide what's next for you. So before I jump into prototyping and why it's so critical that you do prototyping in your career exploration process, I want to first talk about the career portfolio concept. So the term career portfolio comes from Jenny Blake's book, Pivot. I mentioned her on episode 52. She's a really great career thought leader. And I really like what she references as career portfolio. I think it really encapsulates well what it is that you need to do at this stage. So this exercise is all about taking stock of everything that you bring to the table and that you would bring to the table to your next career, job, whatever it is. And there are three big components of the career portfolio. The first one is your greatest hits, which is basically what are your top professional accomplishments? The second one is your skills, the skills that you bring to the table. And lastly, your strengths, your natural strengths that you have been able to showcase in your different experiences. So I'm going to dive into those. But essentially, I want you to think of a career portfolio as all of the best parts of your history, whether it's professional, academic, even personal. That is what you want to get really clear on, like, what do you bring to the table? People who work in creative industries, maybe they're in advertising or maybe they're in fashion designers or architects. It's very common. It's essentially a requirement to have a portfolio, right? A visual portfolio representation of their work. And you need to have this too. This work actually prepares you really well for the interview process and it helps you do a lot of the positioning that you need to do once you identify your target role and industry. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let me dive into this career portfolio concept. 
So the first piece is, like I mentioned, your greatest hits, your top five to 10, depending on how many years you've been working, five to 10 professional accomplishments. You don't have to get too specific, but I would add a metric to your top five accomplishments so that you can show the impact. I would just write it in this format, that time that I fill in the blank. So for example, back when I was a talent recruiter, I hired 180 teachers in six months for 12 school principals. That's something that I did. It's one of my biggest accomplishments that I did. I'm really proud of that. And when I think about that experience, it's very easy for me to reflect on the skills that I had to lean into or develop to be able to achieve that goal. This example that I just shared with you was a time that I really stretched myself beyond what I thought was possible for me. And I had to get really scrappy, really creative, resourceful to overcome different challenges and obstacles. Another reason to get really familiar with your top, you know, five accomplishments, your greatest hits is these are stories that you will tell in interviews in the future. So you want to get really intimately familiar with those stories and those proud accomplishments that you shared and being able to tell that story in a compelling way. Awesome. So let's move on to the next part, which is skills. Skills is really critical. I'm going to just drop a truth bomb here. When you're interviewing for a job, a hiring manager is most concerned with your skill set. They are also evaluating other factors but don't get it twisted, the number one thing they're looking for is what is your skill set and does it match up with what I need from this particular role? If not, then why are we having this conversation? Okay, it's so critical that you understand the skills that a certain role requires and that you're able to match up how your skill sets either do align or don't align. There are ways to mitigate areas where you are missing skills in interviews. And I can talk later about that. But step one is really like you need to understand what skills you bring to the table, period. And I'm not talking about really generic type skills like being a team player or Microsoft Word or whatever, like those are way too vague. You need to be able to have a list of tangible skills that you bring to the table. So for example, project management experience, that's a skill. Fundraising, that's a skill. Managing social media communications, that's a skill. Whatever it is, you need to write down your top 10 skills and rank them from number one being your strongest skill all the way down to number 10. But all of these 10 skills should definitely be within your wheelhouse. Like you should be able to confidently speak to how you have developed these skills and feel very confident using these skills in your next job. The other critical part is like you will be expected in interviews in the future to not just tell people that you have these skills. You need to be able to show that you have these skills. And sometimes that's through a behavioral interview conversation or it's through a case interview or it's through actual timed exercises where you are given tests and all of these are exercises that are meant to test your skill set. And like I mentioned, hiring managers that is their number one priority. Do you have the skill set or not? Like that is a non-negotiable. You're not going to get hired for a job that you don't have the skills to do. 
point blank. So get really clear on what those skills are for you. Once you do that work, you have your transferable marketable skills. These are the skills that you can take to any industry, any role that you are interested in targeting. And part of the work that you'll do in the future, the positioning part of this process, is how can you make the case that you do have transferable skills that apply to your target role. But we're not there yet. I'm preparing you for what's ahead, but I also want you to just focus on understanding what are your skills. For example, some of my skills are executive communication, client relationship management, speaking and presenting, storyboarding through PowerPoint, etc. Right? Like these are just some skills that I might be able to really speak to having experiences doing those things. I'm not a technical person. I mean, you won't see technical skills on my resume. It's not something I'll speak to. I won't get hired for those roles. So I think it's really important to have a lens of self-awareness and really be clear with yourself about like, what are the skills that you truly have developed? And try to also, when you think about your skills, try to take a step back and be like, okay, this might be specific to my industry, but what is this skill? How might it transfer to other types of industries, especially if you're trying to make an industry switch? So like if you're a school teacher, one of your skills might be writing lesson plans. Lesson plans may not necessarily show up in other industries, but this is still a skill. So you want to kind of dissect Like, what is it that you have been doing when you're writing lesson plans and how might that show up in a different word, in a different skill for a different industry? So try to also start thinking about, okay, like how might my skills apply or what might they be called in other industries as well? The other last point about skills is you don't just develop skills in your nine to five job. You also develop them in extracurricular activities that you're involved in. So definitely think through any extracurricular activities, volunteer experiences, if you sit on the board of a nonprofit, like whatever it is, try to think through what are other skills that I have also developed outside of work. Okay, the last part is strengths. I talked about strengths on episode 10 of the podcast quite a while ago. That episode was about how I battle imposter syndrome. And one of the ways is knowing your strengths. And that's this work right here. You need to know not just the skills that you've developed, not just your greatest hits, but you should also have a strong awareness of your strengths and the areas where it comes a little more naturally to you to excel and to do well. So if you haven't, you should go take the Clifton Strengths Online Talent Assessment. It's at gallup.com, G-A-L-U-P.com. I believe it's $49, but $49 well spent, really great self-awareness and data that you can use to understand your strengths and areas where you might not have as many strengths. And that's okay that we all bring different things to the table. So what you'll do is you'll get five top themes, like five top strengths. And what's really interesting is you can see from these top five themes what domains you tend to fall in the most. So there's four different domains. There's executing, influencing, 
relationship building and strategic thinking. So you're able to kind of analyze, oh, wow, I have most of my skills are in executing, for example. Then you might want to think about roles where you will be able to execute a lot, okay? I know this is a little more forward thinking, but this is really about, again, shaping out your career portfolio, getting really clear on your strengths, and this will help you in the next phase of the process, which is identifying next step that makes sense for you and that you will thrive in. All right, so that's the career portfolio exercise. Know your skills, know your top five greatest hits, know your strengths, reflect on all of the experiences that have made you the amazing candidate that you are because you have a lot that you bring to the table You just need to put it all on a piece of paper and get really clear on what those things are. You want to get confident and comfortable communicating that value, knowing what you add to a team. That's really the key. Understand that we all bring different things to the table and that's okay. That's the beauty of working on teams with different diverse people is we all have different strengths and different experiences that we can leverage to be successful. Okay, so that was the career portfolio. Let's now move over to prototyping. Prototyping is also referred to as piloting or running career experiments. That's all we're talking about is running small experiments that require you to take action and move from just thinking and being in our thoughts to taking action. Design thinkers often say building is thinking. So we only learn and we only think and really understand our problem and possible solutions when we are building things and actually taking action. Typically, you choose a prototype to answer one question that you have about a possible career move. So if you remember when we did our Odyssey plans on episode 52, I had you write questions about different paths, right? So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say I am thinking about breaking into the nursing industry, getting a degree in nursing, pursuing that path and changing my career. A question that I might have is, can I handle the physical and emotional toll that I might experience As a nurse, like nurses are on their feet a lot, it's fast paced. I might want to answer that question through a prototype. It's really important to keep in mind that a prototype should be testing an assumption for you. You should be trying to answer a question that you have about a certain career path. You need to run multiple prototypes. It's not just that you build one. It's not like an architecture class where you just build one model and then get feedback on that one model. Like You're going to be doing a lot of different things and iterating quickly during a certain period of time. Now, you also don't need to do things that are too high in terms of like the investment level. You should be doing things that don't require too much investment, like small experiments where you can quickly learn something and get closer to answering some of these questions that you have. So some examples of prototyping are things like shadowing someone in their work for a period of time. It might be having a volunteer experience. It might be joining a leadership program that's short term and 
does not involve paying any money. It might be getting a temporary part-time job. It might be in your current company carving out a project where you're able to get exposure to something outside of your lane. It could be simple human-to-human conversations and interviews. So actually reaching out and talking to someone who's doing what you think you want to do. It could be as simple as that. It could be freelancing on Fiverr. So one of these websites where you're able to freelance and be a, a contractor, you could sell a product on Etsy. You could start a catering business from your home. You could take a community college class and meet people that are actually in some kind of environment that you're interested in. This is where you get really creative about small, quick experiments that you can run so that you can answer questions for yourself before fully committing to a career move. Internships that you do in college or in grad school are the most ideal prototypes because you're actually potentially doing the job of, of what you would be doing. You're, you know, having conversations with people. You're able to get a, a real taste of what it would be like to do that job. Now, it may not be feasible for you to do an internship at this point, right? But I just want to kind of explain that you need to figure out different little ways to get some of that data that you need to be able to make a decision. For example, when I was interning for the company that I work at now, during my summer internship, a big question that I had was, will I be able to balance working in a different city Monday through Thursday because I'm a consultant? So that requires constant travel. And so that was something that I was kind of wrestling with that summer was just, can I do this long term? And in the end, I decided, yes, it's kind of ironic because I actually don't have to do that anymore because of COVID and the pandemic and everything changed, the whole industry changed. So I don't have to do that anymore really for the time being. But that was a question I was testing. I was testing that assumption. I was trying to understand, like, is this a solution? Is this a true solution to my career problem? And that's how I want you to think of prototypes. You should be testing possible solutions, brainstorming possible solutions, being able to quickly get some data so that you can decide yes or no when it comes to a certain career path. Now, one thing I do want to acknowledge is your runway. How long are you giving yourself to make your career transition? And what are the resources, for example, financial resources and time resources that you have to play with when you think about this runway? And so I understand that people have different runways, right? Like you might be someone who is currently unemployed and have limited savings. If that's your case, then you might not have as long of a runway as someone who is in a job that where they're stable, they're making money, and they're able to take us take a longer time experimenting and exploring different options. Some people are able to step away from their jobs and like have the financial resources to do this experimentation work. So I just want to acknowledge really quickly that I understand there are different scenarios and there's different runways, but that doesn't mean you skip this part if you're someone who doesn't have as long of a runway. That is the surefire fastest way to end up right back in square one. And this is now where I'm going to get on my little soapbox and talk about why you should be running career experiments, why you shouldn't be skipping the prototyping piece. So unfortunately, in this world, in this society that we live in, 
Many of us have jumped into whether it's college majors, jobs after college, graduate programs, knowing very little about what it would actually be like to do that job or understanding the job that that activity would lead to. It's really wild when you actually start to think like how little information people have before fully committing to a path whether it's going to law school and not really understanding what are the law career paths, how much money do they make, what's their lifestyle, what is that really like. So many people go off of what they've heard or other people's perceptions. Like they might say, well, I I heard that this is a prestigious path or this seems like a path that is lucrative and they don't really know if it is or isn't. Another example is like accountant. People think like, oh, accounting, like that seems like you probably make good money and then people go full steam ahead majoring in something and then later realizing it's not for them. This is why this podcast exists. Like this is why I help people transition careers because many times most people just kind of jump full, like just jump full into something that they don't really understand or don't have enough data to support. So I don't know if you've heard of this show called Married at First Sight on Lifetime, but essentially it's this reality TV show where these quote unquote experts match up to people and then they meet the day of their wedding. Like they literally meet at the altar and they get married and then they have to decide over the next two months if they're actually going to stay married or stay divorced. It's a very extreme approach to finding your mate, but It's really not that different from what a lot of people do, like when it comes to their careers. And what often happens, sadly, is that people do overcommit with little information to a career path. Let's just call it a career relationship with something. And they invest so much time or money that then they're afraid of leaving. And so they end up staying longer in a career relationship that doesn't work for them. And My feedback to that person and even to myself, because I've been guilty of this too, is like, maybe you should have just gone on a date with this career option first. Maybe you should have had a couple of conversations with some people in this field, right? So that is a little bit about why I just think it's so critical to do this prototyping work in however way that you can. I mean, think of all of the steps that you take between meeting someone, like a meeting a human, and getting married. It takes years and years to get to that point for many folks. And people live together for years before deciding to get married. They have kids sometimes. They buy houses before deciding to sign those legal papers. So I'm just saying, don't <laughs> sign on the dotted line on something that you don't really understand very well. Be willing to run career experiments, even if it takes a little longer than you would like. One thing that I love to tell people is go slow so that you can go fast. Go like Be willing to Go through the pain of trying to find someone or trying to find an opportunity that is a meaningful prototype for you, whether that's in time and money or discomfort, like be willing to experience that discomfort or pain or or whatever it is versus the pain of ending up in a role months later and realizing this ain't it for me, right? Like what what is more painful? Going on a series of dates that kind of suck versus 
meeting your spouse at the altar, realizing they're really not even your type. (laughs) Okay, anyway, I hope you enjoyed that analogy. But it's just really important for you to do that prototyping work. It's work that I neglected to do in my 20s. And I'll spare you that story. But essentially, I got a master's degree in public policy based on some assumptions that I had made that I didn't test very well. And I didn't use that degree later. Like it wasn't until my mid 20s that I realized, oh, I don't want to do policy work. So I don't regret that decision because I just I hate really like lingering and stuff like that. But it is what it is. I grew. I had great experiences. But like that was a hard way to find out that career path wasn't for me. So I encourage you to do that prototyping building work, get the data that you need before committing to a path, before committing to a path, not once you've already committed to the path. All right, y'all, that is all I have for you. Do the prototypes, do the career portfolio work. This is really getting you ready for what's coming up next. And what I'll go over on episode 60 will be the last one of season two. And that is where I will start to guide you towards a more tactical career exploration. I'll talk about finding your target industry, which is a really big decision you need to make, and then starting to identify target roles that you would be excited to consider. And we end that episode with you quote unquote, saying yes to the dress. I want you to say yes to the industry and the function and the role so that you can then start to jump into the next phase of all of this work, which is positioning. I won't have time during season two to go into positioning. It's something I'll pick up on season three. Essentially, it's branding yourself and positioning yourself as a strong candidate for the role that you've identified as your next step. All right, y'all. Hope you enjoy this. Talk to y'all later. Hey, are you thinking about changing careers? Then you need to head over to my website, ecmpodcast.com and sign up to get your free 20-page guide that I wrote with you in mind. I wrote this guide to help you change careers and get really clear on what it is that you want to do next. Career clarity is key to a career transition journey. All right, can't wait to hear what you think about it. Have a great week.